A date which will live in infamy. Both of those projects, initiatives, got off the ground because of the Gare out of the 24 who were killed were Americans who had come to learn in Kevin. I say one million Jewish children who were made to be cut in Whoever heard such beautiful words, It is never too little, it is never too late, and it is never enough. Jewish History Soundbites, bringing alive the world of our glorious past. Here is our host, live from Jerusalem, Jewish historian and tour guide, Yehuda Geberer. Jewish History Soundbites. This is Yehuda Geber with another episode of Jewish History Soundbites. And our Malava Malka episode tonight will talk a little bit about the Rizhin, Sadiger, Hasidic dynasty, and how dynastic succession works, and are there age requirements in dynastic succession, uh, not only in the Hasidic world, but in everywhere else also. Um, just want to read a letter I got last last week. The Malav Malka episode is about the Satmarov. We got quite a bit of uh, feedback from listeners about the Satmarov. I just chose one of them to share, and I'm going to quote part of the letter. You mention that during the Satmarov's visit to, in 1958 to London, Harry Goodman published in an Aguda publication that the Satmarov donated to Chinuch Atzmai. Correction number one, the Satmarov did not visit London in 1958. En route to Eretz Yisrael, he stopped over in London either in 1955 or 1959. Correction number two, I heard it this might say Shabbos from a Heizbacher from of the Satmarov. He was once present when a fundraiser came to the Rebbe for Chinuch Atzmai. The Rebbe refused to donate for ideological reasons, but added that you make Parnosa out of this and you don't have to suffer. Here is money for you personally. Okay, end of that letter. So, of course, at the end of the day, so there seems to be agreement that he uh, that the Rebbe, that the Rav donated to Chinuch There seems to be a dispute why he did. Um, so, you know, there's obviously going to be different versions of the uh, story. So, we're going to go into, talk a little bit about Sadiger, it was in the news this week, and a lot of people are asking me about it over the week, and I want to make a disclaimer before I get into anything, and I want to make sure it's a very clear disclaimer, this is not contemporary. I don't do anything contemporary, and our great community of listeners knows me by now. You want to find out about Sadiger today, and about the Rebbe today, you can read all the news blogs and there's lots of people have plenty of things to say. You can go ahead and find out there. If you want to find out about the Rebbe who just passed away, there's also lots out there, including um, 
Sreli Besser, the the um, just wrote a beautiful article in the Mishpacha magazine about the uh, previous Saliger Rebbe. So, if you want to find out about those two topics, this is not the address. I'm here just for some historical context, give a little bit of the background of the dynasty and about how succession works and ages and stuff like that. And I'm definitely not taking any sides. I'm just an outside observer telling a story of the past which I uh, try to do. And uh, so that's that's just give a little bit of uh, a background. And, and the reason I'm getting into it is because um, I, over the week, uh, with all the news and everything, a lot got a lot of questions from a lot of listeners. And it's making big news for such a small Hasidus. Uh, it's a very tiny court. And uh, not it's very significant. It's very historically important and very... Amazing people have led it over the years, but it's definitely not a huge player today in the um, in the Hasidic world. But still, it's uh, it's important, so we're going to talk about it. And there's really two stories going on here. There's the continuation of the Rizhen dynasty, the Rizhen Sadiger dynasty, um, and it's essentially one of the last freedmen's uh, Ben Achar Ben, direct descendants of uh, male descendants carrying the name Friedman from the Rizhener himself. So that's one story. And another story is 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 age, the is a young successor, and what what is the story of young successors throughout history? There's really a third story, and it's a story of a succession dispute. But I prefer to stay away from that. Um, not definitely not going to get into it uh, at all in this uh, episode. Though in Rishon, it's actually uh, historically been quite rare, if ever. Um, there's not that many uh, succession disputes in the Rishon dynasty. There's a lot of other dynasties that it's quite common. Um, but I want to get, get a little bit of an overview of how we come to the to that there's almost no freedmen's in the great Rizhen dynasty, the direct male descendants from the Rizhener of Israel Friedman, the Heliger Rizhener, um, the founder of the dynasty. So there's many, many branches. And we come down to Sadiger today, and it's really one of the last ones that still carries the name Friedman. How did that come to be? And that's really what's significant. One, one of the things that's very significant here. It's a one of the real, um, you know, links to have to the uh, to the to the Rishoner. So let's start with the easy ones. The, the obviously that the dynasties that married into Rishon originally, like Vishnitz or Vasloi or Kapishnitz, etc. Others, they are obviously not freedmen because they married into daughters or granddaughters, great granddaughters of the Rishoner. So they're important, and uh, some of them large dynasties, but. Um, but they're not freedmen's. Okay, so we move on to the Romanian branch of Rizhen, one of the sons of the Rizhener, started the Stefanest branch. Now, the second Rebbe of Stefanest was the Rav Matisio uh, Friedman, uh, an amazing uh, Rebbe. He was Rebbe for 64 years, and we'll get back to him soon. And he had no children. So in 19, the 1930s, when he passed away, um, the dynasty ended. His, he, he actually had designated his nephew, Rabbi Nachem Nochem Friedman of Itzkan, who was a fascinating individual, which perhaps we'll speak about another time. And, but he wanted him to be his continuation. He was his nephew. He was a Friedman. But he passed away before he did. He passed away at a very young age. So when a Rebbe Matisio Friedman, the second Stefanesh the Rebbe, who was eventually transferred, his, his, his uh, body was transferred to be reburied in, in Israel, in Tel Aviv, where all the original Rebbes are buried, in, in Givatayim, outside of Tel Aviv. So... So the dynasty essentially came uh, came to an end. Okay, that's Stefanest. We move over to Husiatin, another 
another Rizhen uh, branch. Rabbi Yisrael Friedman passed away in Tel Aviv at the age of 92 as the last grandchild of the Rizhener and the living grandchild of the Rizhener. His son-in-law, Rabbi Yaakov Friedman, became the Husiat Nerebbe, and he passed away in 1956. After a few years, his son, Rabbi Yitzchak Friedman, became the Husiat Nerebbe, and he was the last Husiat Nerebbe. He never got married, interestingly enough. And when he passed away in 1968, so the Husiat dynasty ended. And we come to Chartkov, one of the biggest and most important uh, and central branches of the dynasty and of the Hasidic world in general in Galicia, in the interwar period in Poland and other places. The very famous Rabbi Stroll, Friedman of Chartkov, who was a leader in Agudas Yisrael, and his famous Hasid Romer Shapiro, Dafyemi, and Yeshivas Chachmi Lublin. So Rabbi Stroll Friedman passes away in 1933. Now one son was Rabbi he eventually moves to London, but the Hasidic court there didn't really take off, though he had a base, I think they have still a base medrash either in London or Manchester, somewhere in England. And um, so that there is something Chartkov, a base medrash, but not really a major Hasidic court. The dynasty kind of ended over there. Though this Rabbi Israel Friedman had another son, Rabbi Nachem Mordechai, an older son, Rabbi Nachem Mordechai Friedman, who moved to Israel and Eretz Yisrael and passed away in 1946 when we do our uh, Harazesim tours. We go to his uh, kever and um, either real or virtual tours. And, uh, and, um, and uh, of course, virtual lectures also. You could be in touch with me about that, as you can about sponsorships for episodes. Either way, so this Rabbi this Nachum Mordechai, uh, the chart cover Rebbe, his son, Rabbi Shleima, became the next Chartkov Rebbe, and he passes away at a relatively young age in 1958, and the dynasty kind of petered out and came to an end in 1958. So Chartkov no longer as well. We come now to Bayan, a famous and important, and today a very large Hasidic dynasty. Um, so that's very much live and well, definitely still around and growing and, uh, you know, very important and central in the Hasidic world of today. So Bayan comes from the Pachar Yitzchak of Bayan, Rabbi Yitzchak Friedman, who is the older son of Rabbi Avram Yaakov of Sadiger. And I emphasize he was the older son, and after a few years of joint leadership with his younger brother, Rabbi Israel Friedman of Sadiger, the younger brother got the Sadiger uh, Hasidus, and the older brother, Rabbi Yitzchak, of, moved to another suburb of Chernovitz, right? The Chernovitz was the main city, and Sadiger was a suburb, so he moved to another suburb called Bayan, and uh, and he started the Bayan dynasty. And he passes away in Vienna in 1917. Excuse me. And all four sons of his become Bayana Rebbes. One in Chernovitz, whose son-in-law, Reb Meishen U. Friedman, was, uh, was a big, he was a major leader of, of uh, Polish Jewry in the interwar period. In Krakow, he was killed, unfortunately, by the Nazis. Um, in Leipzig, there was... A Bayana Rebbe, another son of the Pachar Yitzchak, he escaped to Israel after the Nazis came to power and he passed away without any descendants. And then there was another uh, brother in Lvov. He was called Lemberg after the German name of the city. Um, and he was killed by the Nazis, him and his family. And they were left with the fourth and last son of the Pachar Yitzchak of Bayan, Reb Mordechai Shlomo Friedman. And he was in New York. He became the Bayana Rebbe in the Lower East Side in New York. And when he passed away in 1971, Bayan's future was in doubt. There was, this was it. He was the last 
Friedman of Bayan, and eventually his daughter's son, the current Rebbe of Bayan, Reb Nachum Dov Breyer, eventually becomes the current Rebbe, and a very um, important and, and amazing person also, um, the leader of, of Bayan today, but he's a Breyer. He's a grandson with does not carry the Friedman name, so it's different. Now there is another branch uh, of the dynasty, Bahush, uh, Reb Yitzchak Friedman, of Bahush was a son-in-law of a son-in-law of the first Bahush Rebbe, but still he was a freedman because they all were direct descendants of the Rizhoner, and he became the Bahush Rebbe in Bucharest, in Romania, during the war. Bucharest, the, the war didn't exactly reach Bucharest, uh, it, so he was safe, and he stays the Rebbe for about half a century. He, like like almost all the Rebbes of the Rizhon dynasty, um, he settled in Tel Aviv, and like many other Rebbes of the Rizhon dynasty, especially Husiatin, but others as well, which is a topic for another time. We covered it partially in the Rabbis and Zionists series. You can check it out there. But the Bahush and Husiatin and other Rebbes of Rizhon were Zionistic. The Bahush Rebbe was very much uh, Zion, he was a, a Zionistic. And, and when he passed away in the 1990s, his grandson through his daughter is the current Rebbe of Bahush, Rabbi Yaakov David Mendel Leib Friedman. So he's a freedman, so we have that there. But he has strayed from the Rizhen path and is very anti-Zionist. He's taken a different uh, ideological path. In that context, it's actually worth mentioning another Bahush offshoot, uh, Pashkan Hasidus, and, um, which is also still Friedman's. Uh, very Zionist, they're actually completely a unique Hasidic court. It's a completely Datilumi, a religious Zionist Hasidic court. Um, until recently, it was Rabbi Yisrael Friedman, um, who was the uh, Rebbe, and he passed away a couple of years ago. And now his son, who's a retired general in the Israeli army, Rabbi Hoshea Friedman, is the uh, is the Pashkana Rebbe. And now we finally come to Sadiger, which was the point of all this. Um, Rabbi Yisrael Friedman... Uh, who was the you know the second Rebbe of Sadiger? Um, like I mentioned, he left uh, a few children. Um, one of his famous children was Rav Yaakov, uh, a freedman of Sadiger. He was a very central leader of Goodies Israel. There's lots to say about him. He's actually a very interesting person. Perhaps we'll try to get to him another time. And he uh, also moved to Tel Aviv. He passed away in 1960 without any descendants. He had no children. His older brother was Rabban Friedman, who passed away at a young age, and his son Rav Mordechai Shalom Yosef. Friedman was a Rebbe for the incredible amount of 66 years. And he was in Tel Aviv also, like all the other original Rebbes. And then when he passed on, his son, Rav Ram Yaakov Friedman, this is actually the third Rav Ram Yaakov Friedman of Sadiger. It's like Rav Ram Yaakov III, like in, like in all the royal families. They have like the third and the fourth, so it's like that, the regal families of Rizhen as well. In any case, so when Avram Yaakov III passed away, his son, Rabbi Yisrael Moshe Friedman, uh, became the Sadiger Rebbe, and he's the one who passed away last week. And since now his children, who are still Friedmans, direct Friedman descendants, they're from Sadiger, and, uh, and that's the continuation of the dynasty. So that's how we get to the fact that it's very few Friedmans left, and how Sadiger is an important branch of this dynasty. Some of the branches don't even exist anymore, and and therefore, it's a, it's a historic moment. In any event, we come to ages. And throughout history, I see that people are making a big, big deal about the ages and how old and how young. And young succession has been very common across the boards throughout Jewish history and general history, by the way. Young rebbes, 
young Rashi Yeshiva, young communal rabbis um, in the Rizian dynasty and everywhere else um, in the Sephardic world, in the general world, and kings and royal families of different countries throughout the world, throughout history. And uh, literally the examples are endless. I decided to pick a few random examples, and I'm sure there are hundreds more. So this is just a sampling and... You don't have to tell me that I missed out a few. I'm not trying to give a comprehensive list here. Just a few random examples that popped into my head um, to share about young people who rose to amazing positions of leadership at quite a young age. Reb Chaim Brisker, Reb Chaim Soloveitchik, who married a granddaughter of the Nitziv of Alajin. So by virtue of his being a granddaughter, he married to a granddaughter of the Rosh Hashiva, so he was pointed as the assistant Rosh Hashiva in Valajin at the age of 27, quite a young age, Ramesha Feinstein, um, his first rabbinate, was not really a real rabbinate, he was taking over his brother-in-law or uncle or something, some relative in Ryson for half a year. He did that at the age of 18, he rose to the rabbinate. Then he starts a yeshiva with his brother at the age of 20, his Ramesha Feinstein. And then when he was 21, he became the, he got the rabbinate in Uzda, to get out of the draft, but he took it seriously, and it was actually a real rabbi, and it lasted two years, and he continued his career as a rabbi after that. So 18, 20, 21 is when his career took off as a rabbi. Uh, needless to say, he was single all this time. Ravadi Yosef got smicha in Parat Yosef when he was 20. He became a dayan in a Bezdin when he was 25, and he was the rabbi in Egypt when he was 27 years old. And once we're on the topic of the Sephardic world, so the Ben Ishchai, Rabbi Yosef Chaim um, of Baghdad. Baghdad was the one of the largest uh, Jewish communities in the Muslim world. It was learned community. It was a wealthy community. It was an important Jewish city. And the Ben Ishchai became the rabbi when he was 25 years old. Um, world leaders, it's common. Queen Elizabeth uh, became the Queen of England when she was 25 or 26 King Hussein of Jordan, whose peace with Israel was a lot more significant than the Emirates' uh, peace with Israel that happened just recently, um, because it was with Jordan, country they're at war with. You know, it was an important peace that was made. King Hussein of Jordan became king when he was 16 years old. Puyi, the last emperor of China uh, before the revolution, he, um, he was two years old when he became the emperor of China. And of course, Hirohito, the very famous or infamous uh, emperor of Japan, uh, who was during World War II and way beyond that. He lived on to the 1980s. A lot to say about him. Um, and now it's the weeks of the end of World War II, the 75th anniversary of the end of World War II, which was the surrender of Japan, which he was involved with. So in the negotiations of the unconditional surrender of where the condition was that he had to stay as emperor, but that's another story, MacArthur's concession. We'll talk about that another time. But either way, Hirohito of Japan became emperor when he was 25 years old. But getting back to the Hasidic world, the current Belzer Rebbe, Yisachar Doiv Rokeach, became the Rebbe when he was 18 years old. Uh, became the Rebbe. There was no Rebbe. His uncle had passed away many years before. And of course, it's famous in the Karlin Hasidic dynasty, there was the Yanuka of, uh, of Stone, Rabbi Stroll of Stone, who was buried in Frankfurt, and he was four and a half when his father passed away, but he became, and he was crowned, so to speak, the Rebbe at his bar mitzvah when he was 13 years old, similar to the current Rebbe 
of Karlin Stalin, the current Rebbe who's alive today, living be well, doing amazing things, and uh, uh, he became the Rebbe when he was first when he was like nine. He sort of became the Rebbe, and he was officially became the Rebbe when he was thirteen years old. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, the current Bayana Rebbe was made the Rebbe when he was twenty-five years old. If we move over to the business world, and we'll only pick Jews. Uh, to make it connected to Jewish history, Michael Dell, who's Jewish, when he was 27 years old, he was the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, but he was a lot younger when he started the company. And of course, even more famously, is Mark Zuckerberg, who launched Facebook when he was 20 years old. And we go to the yeshiva world. Uh, Rabaran Cutler was uh, 22 when he became uh, a Rebbe in the Slutsk yeshiva by his father-in-law, Rabbi Zalman, and he was 29 when he built Kletsk across the border in Poland, and he was the Rosh Hashiva, he was the sole Rosh Hashiva. Mr. Zalman stayed behind in Slutsk. So, Rabaran Cutler, and once we're on the topic of the Cutler, Sir Malkiel Cutler, the current Rosh Hashiva of the largest Yeshiva in the world, um, he became the Rosh Hashiva, the largest Yeshiva in the world when he was 32 years old. He's a little older already, but still quite young. And uh, similarly, Rav Ramishua Salavechik, the current Rosh Hashiva of Brisk, became the Rosh Hashiva of Brisk when he was 31 years old. But there was another a very amazing person who's not so famous, Rebarch Shimon Solomon, who came from a famous rabbinic, an important rabbinic family, descended from um, uh, Rabbi Landinsky of Raden. A lot of Solomons who were big rabbis in Israel and other places. So Rebarch Shimon Solomon became the Rav and Rosh Yeshiva of the Nachos David Yeshiva in Petach Tikva. When he was 26 years old, he became a rabbi of two neighborhoods in Petach Tikva and the Rosh Yeshiva, founding Rosh Yeshiva, of a yeshiva, amazingly young age, very uh, impressive person also. Reb Shmuel Salant became the rabbi in Avbezdin in Yerushalayim at the age of 25, and he remained there for about 70 years. Interestingly enough, there were three young Yungalites, three young uh, married married individuals who started the Tells Yeshiva well before Blazer Gordon came to Tells in Lithuania. The three people who started Tells uh, were Reb Zalman Abel, who was 18 years old, Reb Tzvi Yaakov Oppenheim, who was 21, and Reb Meir Atlas, who was 27. So they, they three started what, what became the Tells Yeshiva. Reb Moshe Mordechai Epstein was hired by the altar of Slobodka to become the Rosh Yeshiva of Slobodka when he was 28. And his younger brother-in-law, Reb Mr. Zalman Meltzer, was hired at the same time to become the Rosh Yeshiva of Slobodka at the whopping age of 23 years old, 24 perhaps. And then three years later, when he was 27, he started the yeshiva of Slutsk. He became the founding Rosh Yeshiva of Slutsk. Reb Nachman of Breslov, we're coming closer to Rosh Hashanah, and there's big discussions if we're going to be able to go to Uman this year. So Reb Nachman of Breslov started off when he was to become a Rebbe at 18 years old. Now we move on to the Rizhiner dynasty itself. So it might as well start with the founder himself. So the originer himself uh, becomes the Rebbe before he even arrives in Rizhin when he was 16 years old. This is following his brother of Avram's passing who had become Rebbe at 15. And the originer becomes Rebbe when he was 16. Um, and uh, this brother, Rebbe Avram, his older brother, was probably the first Yanuka, the first young Rebbe. Now, another descendant who I mentioned earlier, Rav Ramatzio Friedman, the famed Rebbe of Stefanescht. He was the Rebbe for 64 years. He became the Stefanescht Rebbe at the age of 22. Now, 
we go even closer, in the Sadiger dynasty itself, from Mordechai Shalom Yosef Friedman of Sadiger, fourth generation from the Rizhaner and grandfather of the Rebbe who just passed away last week. So he became the Rebbe at the age of 16, this from Mordechai Shalom Yosef Friedman of Sadiger. Not only that, but his oldest son did not become the Rebbe. The next son, Ram Yaakov, did. So that's another thing, and that brings us to the last um, interesting, interesting thing of history of have there been instances where it wasn't, you know, sometimes it was the younger son, the older son, both. There's been many examples like that. I'll just give a few. First of all, we mentioned in the Kapust episode uh, about the, how the Maharash, the uh, fourth Rebbe of Chabad, Lubavitch, after the Tzemach Tzedek passed away, so the youngest son, Reb Shmuel, of uh, um, the Maharash, he became the Rebbe while the older ones, uh, he became the Rebbe in Lubavitch while the older ones set up their own courts in other cities. It was very common back in the day, and the reason is, and you have to understand the context, the older children got a position in some other town, either as a rabbi or either as a Rebbe while the father was still alive. The ones who were still by the father when he passed away was usually the younger ones. It was actually more common for the younger children to become the Rebbe in the town where the father was, continuing his dynasty when the father passed away. The best example of that is obviously the Debrei Chaim of Tzans. His son, his oldest son, was in Shinov, and then he had sons in Garlitz and Shanov and other places, and it was his fourth son, Reb Aaron, who, who uh, got the rabbinate in, in Sans. But there's many other examples of, uh, of that. In Varka, for instance, after Yitzhak of Varka passed away, first his students took over, which was still common in Polish Hasidus at that time. Um, later on, his younger son, Reb Mendel, becomes the Rebbe in Varka, while his older son, Reb Yaakov David, becomes the first Rebbe of Amshinov. In Radomsk, also it was similar. Also an interesting example, because they actually split it. When the Tefer Shleimah of Radomsk passed away, the older son, Reb Tzvimeir, took over the rabbinate, which was the primary position of the Tefer Shleimah. Um, that's, that's what he, he was the rabbi of Radoms for many years, and he only became the Rebbe, the Hasidic Rebbe, much later. And the younger son of Rami Sacher Ber, uh, Rabinowitz of Radoms, the second Rebbe, he became the, the Rebbe of Radoms. Either way, there's just a few examples and just a, a fun uh, overview to get a little bit of a background about how these things work throughout history. And again, I'm just making it clear, I'm not getting into the contemporary at all. Um, so this was Yehuda Geber with uh, Jewish History Soundbites. You can reach me at Yehuda at YehudaGeber.com for questions, comments, sources, uh, tours and trips, virtual tours, virtual, um, uh, not virtual, real lectures online, online lectures and um, sponsorships. Be in touch with me about that as well. Um, you can uh, subscribe to Jewish History Soundbites on Podbean. Follow us on Twitter at JSoundbites and I hope you enjoyed.